This podcast is dedicated to my beautiful, wonderful parents, my mother and father, who raised me to have not only grit, but grace and tenacity to stand up for the underdog and to advocate for those who want, who dream, who desire to do better things in their personal life. Thank you so much, mom and dad. Anthony O'Neill says, if your why doesn't make you cry, then you're not clear on your vision and purpose. In this episode of Work It, Live It, Own It, I'm going to share with you my why, how I became a realtor, and what continues to drive me today to help buyers and sellers, even in the most turbulent of times. Let's dive in. Welcome to Work It, Live It, Own It, a show that explores how to upgrade your lifestyle through life lessons, real estate, and entrepreneurship. Here's your hostess, Sakola Lair. Everyone has a story, right? We have our struggles, we have our ups and downs, but you know what? I believe that when we share our stories, it's when we connect with each other. It's not about the glitz and glam of the social media profiles. It's about the bumps, the bruises, the scrapes along the way. How we can take a licking, get back up, dust ourselves off, and keep going. You know, the National Association of Realtors talks about how a home represents stability. And when that stability is taken away from you, it can rock your entire world. So here's my journey to home ownership and what ultimately led to me becoming a real estate broker. You see, all of my childhood and most of my adulthood, even up to a few years ago, I've moved from place to place. I can't even tell you how many places I've lived in, the different types of housing I've been in. But that word that I mentioned to you earlier in the beginning, stability, that's what stood out to me, the need, the desire for stability, because it was the instability when things were stable for a while and then all of a sudden it felt like the rug was taken right from up under your feet that's what happened when I was 11 years old and my stepfather walked out and never returned my mother wasn't working at the time and it was just me my mother and my stepfather but I remember one day when the school year ended in June I came home from school and my mother told me that we had to move The problem is we had no place to go. Again, she didn't have a job and we weren't able to stay with other family members at the time. But thankfully and fortunately, another family took us in. And for a few months, my mother was able to get on her feet. She found a job working at a factory out of town, which meant that we were finally able to move into our very own one bedroom, one bathroom apartment. The problem was my mother worked at night and here I was in the seventh grade. Who was going to let me stay at home alone? (laughs) Definitely not my mother. So by the time I got off the school bus, she would make sure that I was fed, make sure I was bathed, and then would take me to another family and I would stay the night there so I could catch the bus and go to school. After a year, We were able to move up into a two-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment. And I can't tell you how excited I was because I was able to have my own bed again, my own room, my own closet. Sometimes it's the little things in life that are so important. But 
we did receive an eviction notice. And it wasn't because my mother wasn't working. She was working. She worked a full-time job. She just couldn't afford to pay all the bills, make all the ends meet. And before you ask me, hey, why didn't your mom apply for assistance, housing assistance? Well, she was on the list to get subsidized housing. But again, it's a list. You have to wait your turn. And my mother was working a full-time job. Remember, she was working at night. It just wasn't enough to pay the bills because she took another factory job that was in town closer and during the day so she wouldn't have to send me to another family to stay with at night. Sometimes it's the sacrifices that we make, right? So thankfully, again, here we are, homeless, don't have a place to go. Another family takes us in. And when my mother does go to ask for more assistance, she was told, You make too much for a household of two family members. A social worker, I never forget this. She told my mom that, hey, if you need more support from the government, have more kids. Well, that was definitely not an answer that my mother was going to take and accept. Not in the least. She was not about to have any more kids. So here we were, homeless again, trying to make ends meet. And like I said, thankfully, another family took us in. But my mother finally got her chance at subsidized housing. And eventually, the time arrived and we were able to move into this brand new quadruplex. No one had lived there before. It was going to be ours, just ours. And we got to pick which unit we wanted. And it was a beautiful, quaint little two-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment. And we stayed there for eight years. Now, it took me from everything that I knew because for all my childhood, I grew up on one side of town. That meant we had to move to another side of town. I had to change schools, didn't know anyone. And I was very scared and nervous, but I was so happy to have a place to call home. And we stayed there for eight years. Our landlords, who were a married couple, unfortunately decided to get a divorce. And in the meantime, every tenant were still making our payments. We didn't know what was going on until one day we get a notice of foreclosure. And here we are, displaced again, because our landlords had stopped making the mortgage payments. Now, if you want to talk about things coming back full circle, well, they did. We moved back across town to the same apartment complex that I grew up in when I was a little kid. And we lived there until my mother finally decided that she was tired of renting. She wasn't going to pay a landlord. She wasn't going to rely on a landlord making payments for her. If she was going to make those payments, she was going to be responsible for where they were going. So she decided, I'm going to buy my first home. Well, by this time, I had finished college and I started working full time. So you know what I did? I was like, hey, I'm right there with you. I immediately went out and went on a house hunt. I found a two bedroom, two bath condo in one of the local magazines. And before you guys wonder, what is that for all my millennials and Gen Z's out there? Listen, guys. The way you found a property back in the day was actually going to one of those little stands that says real estate on top and you pulled out a magazine and you looked at see what all homes or apartments or condos were available in your local area. And so I found it. I called up the agent that was listed there. I went to go tour that condo that night and then I came home 
And to my mother's initial shock, I told her I found her future home. And my mother was in disbelief because she said, how in the world did you find my future home? I didn't go see it. But I told her, I said, I listened to what you wanted. You told me what you wanted. You told me what you needed. And I found it. So much to the listing agent's chagrin, and I didn't realize this at the time, is when you contact the listing agent, they represent the seller. So my mother contacted another real estate broker that I've known ever since I was a little girl. Someone that she knew, that she trusted to represent her in the transaction. And you know what, guys? That very condo that I went to go see, she bought. And she still lives there to this very day. Now, let's fast forward a few years. I meet my husband. I meet the man of my life. And we get married. And we rent an apartment. I'm used to that. I'm used to the apartment life. I'm used to moving every few years. And so we decided that we were going to rent an apartment for six months. And then after that six months, we rented a house for 10 years. My husband and I both had steady jobs. We worked for many years. We worked for the government. We had pretty good jobs for the area, but there wasn't much left to put into the savings account each month. And so we started wondering, what are we doing wrong? Because we're getting pay raises. We're making more money than we did when we first got married. How is it that we're not saving money at the end of the month? And finally, we got serious. Now, I heard of Dave Ramsey a while back earlier in our marriage, and I tried to tell my husband about him. But again, sometimes it just happens to be the right moment at the right time when information is received. And so when we both got on board, we started taking the initial steps to using Dave Ramsey's seven baby steps to become debt-free. We followed baby steps one and two obediently. And within two years, we nearly paid off all of our debt and we had an emergency fund, enough money to put down on our very first home. But guess what, guys? We didn't even have a clue about home ownership. My husband grew up in homes that his family had owned, but we didn't know what it was like to go through the process of home ownership. I saw my mother do it, but I didn't know the ins and outs. I just found her the home. And before you wonder, well, Sakola, where was your father, your actual father? Well, my father was around. He was always around. He was just active duty military. And when a lot of things started to go down south, he was overseas. But later on, when I started living in that quadruplex apartment, my father came back stateside and we bonded and we became closer as a family. He also set the example of home ownership. He bought a home. He bought rental properties. And I just still didn't have a clue as to what home ownership was about. I saw people do it. But that didn't mean I knew how to do it for myself. And we were skeptical to work with other realtors because guess what? We heard all of the horrifying experiences over the years. And I'll give you a prime example. And some of you can relate. The sparse communication, the lack of transparency, not enough clarity, or they you feel rushed. And look, guys, purchasing a home is one of the biggest, most expensive purchases that people make in their entire life outside of a car. And it's nothing to take lightly. So we were scared. We want to be in good hands, right? We want to know that we have someone who is on our side, on our team. And we were told that most real estate brokers were only after commissions. So we felt hopeless and we didn't know where to look. 
But by chance, one night, we decide to go out with another married couple. And they give us the news. They have bought their very first home using another husband and wife who we knew as well were mutual friends. But I had no idea that they were real estate brokers. So my husband and I over dinner, we sat there and we listened with excitement about their home buying experience. And we decided, hey, we want to work with this couple. They got good results. Our friends got good results. We want the same experience that they had. We wanted someone who is going to educate us in the home buying process, someone who's going to be an advocate for us, someone who's going to take the time to listen to our wants, needs, and desires, and to help us to find the right home that suits us. So as soon as I get home, I talk it over with my husband. I decide to make a call. I call our mutual friend. And the first thing she says to me, the wife says to me is, hey, most of the time when a buyer tells me that they're interested in buying a home, the first thing I do is set up a buyer's consultation. Now, I'm used to the term buyer's consultation or the word consultation. So I said, okay, no problem. It was no pressure to sign an agreement with them. But I had no idea what that consultation was going to be like, especially for buying a home. Well, much to our surprise, it was wonderful. That consultation educated us on how to successfully work with the real estate broker. It gave us a foreshadow of what to expect during a transaction that can lead us to our ultimate goal of buying a home. All in that one consultation. And financing wasn't an issue. Our credit was good. We had paid off all of our debt. Again, thanks, Dave Ramsey. But in the beginning, we were pretty certain about going the route of using our credit union to get pre-qualified. And that's where our broker also educated us on the difference between using a financial institution and working with a private mortgage lender. And so, again, we stepped out on faith. We took their advice and we went with the private lender. And guys, let me tell you, it was the best choice that we could possibly make because we were able to purchase a home. We didn't have to put down 20%. We put down less than 20% and we avoided private mortgage insurance. And what that is, I'll explain a little bit later, but that's a part of your mortgage payment that doesn't even apply to your principal. So you're just making that payment to have the government back your loan. So we were able to avoid all of that by following the suggestions of our real estate broker. And we're so glad that we did. And let me tell you how serious when I tell you that I'm about business, if I'm if I am focused on something, I'll do it. It took us six weeks to house hunt, make an offer, go under contract, settle and close, have our deed recorded in record time of the home buying process. Now, a lot of times it can be quicker if you're paying with all cash, but for us with the financing, we got all our ducks in a row. When the lender asked for something, I provided it soon as possible. And this prompted me the whole while, while we were buying a home, I was in real estate school. I decided to get my real estate license because of the wonderful experience that I had working with our real estate brokers. They set such a wonderful example for me. And so now it's my mission 
to not only help people sell their homes, but also help first-time home buyers and families step into their first home. Opening doors and turning dreams into reality is what I'm all about. And I understand and I know that when it comes to working with clients, it's imperative to be a good listener, to educate, to advise, to be honest, transparent, to connect myself with other professionals who will surround my clients and get things done for them. And you know what? I want that same experience for you. It doesn't have to be scary, but guess what? If you don't take action, you'll never truly know what could happen for you. Well, that's my story, guys. And if you've tuned in this long, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to my very first episode and listening to my story of going from homelessness to being a homeowner. So tell me, what do you want to hear about the real estate market? Or better yet, if you've already bought or sold a home, tell me, what do you wish your realtor had told you before buying or selling your first home? I'm interested in learning. Again, thank you for tuning in and listening to my journey. I've created this podcast to help dreamers accomplish their goals in life, real estate, and business. So if you like this podcast, make sure you stay tuned in for more episodes. If you value the information I'm sharing, be sure to share with your community and tribe so that way they can work it, live it, own it in their everyday lives. Stay tuned for more episodes. And again, thanks for joining me. Until next time.